0: But today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 14, verse 16 to 24. And the title is, What is Your RSVP? Anybody know what the RSVP is? Somebody tell me what the RSVP is. Okay. So, it's kind of going out of fashion in these days and times, but when you get a, a wedding invitation, usually you get inside the invitation, there's another little envelope. And If it's a real good invitation, they have a stamped envelope. <laughs> it says, "If you're going to come, what? Please respond. Let us know. Mark whether you're going to come, whether you're going to stay for dinner, what you want, what you want for the meal, you know, all that kind of stuff." But the whole key is, why do they send that out? They send that out because they need to hear from us. They need to know if we're going to accept their invitation to come. And what happens when we don't respond? Then the person is caught unprepared, right? Because we show up and we haven't responded. And they assume what? That you're not coming. Well, today Jesus tells a parable about that, about invitation. And we're going to talk about that. So we're going to be looking at uh, Luke chapter 12. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. If you turn in your Bibles. We're getting right through this book, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Not too quickly, but we're getting through it. (laughs) Maybe by the end of the year, we'll get to the end of Luke. (laughs) All right, let's review. All right, Luke chapter 14, uh, again, we're talking about the ministry of Jesus Christ. And it starts off by saying that Jesus, it happened in verse 1, he went to the house of one of the leaders who was a Pharisee. And I know Pastor John, I'm sure, covered that, but I just want to review, before we go on, who were the Pharisees? Number one, we know that the Pharisees were highly respected in the Jewish community. Uh, They were influential religious leaders in Israel. They remained loyal and faithful to the Old Testament Levitical laws. The name Pharisee means... um, I'm sorry means separated one. So the Pharisees were those who were separated from the rest of the population. They they dressed distinctively, they carried themselves distinctively, and they had certain rituals that they believed in. Um, So they stood out in in the Jewish community. Um, The Pharisees, uh, they, they separated themselves from society so that they could study and teach the law. They also separated themselves from the common people because they considered the common people to be sinful and they considered themselves to be righteous. All right, so that's, that's, that's important, isn't it? They considered themselves to be righteous people that stood outside of everybody else. Everybody else was, 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 was a sinner. And everybody else was in trouble but them. Why? Because they obeyed the law. They felt that by obeying the law that they were in good graces with God himself. Do people believe that today? Do some people believe that? Absolutely. There's some people that are thinking they're going to get to heaven because they don't do anything wrong. They're thinking they, they, they haven't murdered anybody, they haven't stolen anything, and they feel like uh, when they get to heaven, God's going to say, okay, come on in, man, you, You're you're pretty good. Is that going to get us into heaven? Is that going to get us into heaven? No. I should hear a resounding answer. Is that going to get us into heaven? No. No. Is that going to get the Pharisees into heaven? No. no. So we look at the Pharisees as, as, as this religious order of people um, that were obeying the laws of Moses, but were as lost as everybody else. They were religiously lost. You know, the churches are full of people every Sunday that fill the churches that are religiously lost. They come to church, they obey the rules, they read the Bible, but they are lost. Why? Because they have not accepted the invitation of Jesus Christ to come into their heart. They know about it, it's in their head, they recognize Scripture, but they have not accepted God's invitation. That's what we want to talk about today. So the Pharisees started and controlled the synagogues throughout uh, Israel. That was the centers of local worship as well as education. They taught that the way to God was by obeying the law. But then came Jesus. And Jesus brought with him a lot of problems to the Pharisees. Jesus called the Pharisees hypocrites, and he exposed their sins. He compared the Pharisees to whitewashed tombs, which are beautiful on the outside, but on the inside they're filled with dead men's bones and uncleanness. How'd you like somebody to call you that? Huh? How would somebody like calling you, you know, you're nothing but a whitewashed tomb? How would you react? Well the Pharisees didn't like that the worst persecutors of Jesus Christ. And they rejected his claims to be the Messiah. And they were the ones who plotted to have Jesus crucified. Okay, So, as we get to Luke chapter 14, it makes it very interesting. Because as we read Luke chapter 14, it says in verse 1, it happens that when he went into the house of one of the leaders of the Pharisees on the Sabbath to eat bread, they were watching him closely. What do you think that was like? What did we say about the Pharisees? Did they like Jesus? No, they hated Jesus. They wanted to crucify him. So, why invite him to a meal? Why invite him to come in and, and sit down and have a meal? Why? Well, the end of the verse tells you They were watching him closely. They were looking for something to accuse him of, something to give them ammunition to take him into custody. All right? And you've been through this with Pastor John, hopefully through the first part, it says, and so they were in front of him. Jesus went at the invitation of this Pharisee, the leader of the Pharisees, to come to his house to eat but they were watching him. How do you think tense that was? How tense was that? Was Jesus enjoying that meal? No. Uh, Verse 2 says, now, look at what they did. It says in verse 2, and there is in front of him a man suffering with dropsy. Now, this man that's in front of Jesus is by design. This man who's suffering from dropsy is what we call today edema. He was swollen, swollen up with fluid. That's what dropsy is. And if you ever see anybody with dropsy, it's just it's terrible. Their skin is all bloated. Their hands and their feet are all bloated. You can push your finger in, and the mark stays in their skin. Okay, so this man was put in front of Jesus intentionally. He was put there intentionally. Why? As a trap. I don't think this man knew what the the Pharisees were doing. But they put him in front of Jesus so Jesus wouldn't miss him. And it tells you why. It says, And Jesus answered and spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, because that's who was in the room, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? What do you find interesting about that verse? is that nobody ever asked him a question. But he's answering the question because he knows their hearts. He knows what's in their hearts. And he says, your question is, is it lawful for me to heal on the Sabbath? That's why he put this man in front of you. And what does he respond? He he tells them, he says very quickly, he says, he he tells them that, uh, we read the response, and he said to them, which one of you have a son or an ox fall into a well and will not immediately pull him out on a Sabbath day. And you know, what? The, how did the Pharisees and lawyers respond? Somebody tell me. How did they respond? They didn't. They didn't say a word. You know why? Because he hit them square behind, square between the eyes. Because they knew very well if a son of theirs fell into a well or an ox fell into a well on the Sabbath, Sabbath or not, they were going to pull him out without a second thought. And Jesus hit them right there. He said, and they couldn't make a reply to that. So then he began speaking a parable to, um, to the invited guests um, when he noticed that they were jockeying for position as who was going to sit in the position of honor. In verses 7 to 11, Jesus gives a parable to the invited guest after he notices what they're doing. And he ends the parable in verse 11. And I'm sure Pastor John spoke about the parable. For everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to a bunch of puffed-up religious leaders who thinks that they're better than everybody else. And they come to this lunch or this meal to accuse Jesus, to confront him. And so far, he smacked them square in the head. Boom! You're hypocrites. You want to know whether it's right to heal somebody? And yet, you would do the very same thing for an ox or for your own son, but you tell people that they can't do it. It's interesting, after Jesus healed the man... He told the man to go. He didn't let the man hang around. You wonder why? Because I think the man that had dropsy or demon was an innocent party. He didn't know what the Pharisees were doing. He said, hey, come here and have a meal with us. He was honored. Wow, they're asking me to come here? But it was all part of a plot. They wanted to use this man to trap Jesus. And after Jesus healed him, he said, go. Go from here. In other words, what I have to say, you don't need to hear. Go. You're healed. Praise God go. And so um, Jesus ends the parable that he, tell, that he speaks to the invited guests. He says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. How do you think they felt? They didn't like that. So we look at verse 12 to 14 and in verse 12 to 14 Jesus speaks to the Pharisee leader who invited him. Was there a question? What? No. Oh. I mean, verses 12 to 14, Jesus speaks to the man who invited him. And let's look at that. We're leading up to where we want to go. And it says, And he went on to say to the one who invited him, listen, my friend, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your or your rich neighbors. Otherwise, they may also invite you in return, and that will be your repayment. But when you give a reception, invite the poor, invite the crippled, invite the lame, and invite the blind. And you will be blessed, since they do not have the means to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So Jesus tells the person that invited him, he says, listen, you got all these important people sitting here at this table along with me. But if you really want to get honored by God, invite people that can't repay (coughs) you. Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. They don't make anybody's guest list, am I right? But they should be on your guest list as a so-called believer in God. But the key phrase he says here at the end, he says, and you will be repaid as a resurrect, resurrect, at the resurrection of the righteous. In other words, you won't get your reward now, but you get your reward in heaven. So when he says that, one of the guys in the, in the group, verse 15, when one of those who were reclining at the table with him heard this, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus is making the atmosphere a little bit heavy. <laughs> and this guy sitting in, this guest who's sitting there says, well, won't it be great we'll all be in heaven eating the bread of God, <laughs> eating, eating, eating bread with the righteous. But we find in verse 15 that he's assuming that because he's righteous, he's going to be one of the ones that's in the kingdom of God being blessed. Is that a, is that a right assumption? No. And I will tell you there's a lot of people sitting in church every Sunday who assume they're going to be in heaven. They assume they're going to be with Christ. They assume that uh, they're going to be eating bread with the righteous. But guess what? They're not because they haven't accepted the invitation of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is saying this, and this gentleman makes this statement, but then Jesus goes, and this is where we focus, 16 to 24, Jesus focuses on another parable. Once again, what is a parable? Somebody tell me real quick. What is a parable? What is a parable? It's a story. What about the story? It's a lesson. It's a lesson? Okay, so it's it's an earthly story. It applies to whatever the situation is. It's an earthly story, but it has a heavenly meaning that's far deeper than the story. The stories are simple. The parables are simple stories. But as the disciples asked Jesus, what does this really mean? And he would explain it to them. But in this case, the disciples are not with Jesus. And Jesus has given this parable to these these leaders. And we want to talk about what he says in this parable, because it's important. So remember, he's he's invited to a meal. He's sitting at the table with who? Pharisees, lawyers, people that hate him. And he's given this parable. Let's see what we get from it. He says... Look at verse 16. He says, But he said to them, A man was giving a big dinner, and he invited many. And at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. So we look at verse 16 and 17. Here's the story A big dinner is planned. Any of you ever planned a big dinner? I mean, a big dinner for a lot of people. I mean, I think 10 is a lot of people, which is about the number of my family. but (laughs) But I mean, a dinner for hundreds of people, that takes a lot of planning, doesn't it? It takes a lot of orchestration, a lot of food. So this man is planning a big dinner which required great preparation. And he's invited, what? Many to come to this event. All right? So... An invitation is sent prior to the event. Give an opportunity for those, like we said, RSVP. Are you coming? Or are you not coming? His assumption is if you're not coming, you'll let me know. But he doesn't receive any responses formally from these people that he's invited. So, we go to the next verse, verse um, 18. 18. And it says, and they all begin alike to what? Make excuses. The first one said to him, hey, look, I brought a piece of land, and I need to go out and look at it. Can you uh, consider me excused? Another one said, look, I brought five yoke of oxen, and and I'm going to try them. Please consider me excused. Another one said, hey, look, I married a wife. And for that reason, I cannot come. What do you think of those excuses? Let's look at the first, let's look at those three excuses. Number one, were they legitimate excuses? Do you think they were legitimate excuses for them not to go to to the dinner? Somebody answer me. No. No. No, they weren't. Number one, if you brought a piece of land, you could wait. If you really wanted to go to this dinner, If you brought some oxen, and you need to try them. You can try them the next day if you really want to go to this dinner. The only legitimate one is I marry a wife. (laughs) And I can't come because she cooked dinner. (laughs) But none of these... None of these excuses are good excuses for missing the dinner. So, what happens in verse... 21, it says that the slave came back and reported this to his master. Then the head of the household became angry and he said to his slave, go out at once into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Well, where do we see that list at? Verse what? 13. Jesus said, when you do invite when you do bring people, if you want to bring the glory of God, invite those people, the poor, the crippled, the blind, the line. and the, I'm sorry, the lame. And here in this parable, he says the same thing. The master is very, very disappointed. He's angry that his invited guests aren't coming, so he tells his servant, his slave, to go into the streets and lanes of the city, bring in who? The poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame, who are on nobody's invited list. And the slave says, master. What you commanded has been done, and there's still room. And the master said to the slave, go out into the highways, go out on 295 and along the hedges. <laughs> and compel them to come in. Put a sandwich sign on, man. <laughs> compel them to come in so that they so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were mm-hmm. invited shall taste of my dinner. What do you think was the purpose of that parable? Again, Jesus was talking to a bunch of leaders who thought that they were going to heaven. They thought that they were righteous and above other people. They thought, since they had gotten the invitation, that they would be there. But Jesus is showing them, you know what? You got the invitation, but you didn't do anything with it. He didn't take the invitation. Who was the invitation? What was the invitation that the Pharisees got? Number one, they got two two invitations. The first invitation was in the word of God that told them a Messiah was coming, who would save them. That was the invitation. What was the second invitation that they got? The personal invitation was what? What? What was the second invitation they got? There's no wrong answer. There is a wrong answer, but... (laughs) What was the second... What was the second invitation that the Pharisees got? It was Jesus. Jesus himself was the second personal invitation given to them. And how did they respond? Rejection. Excuses. He's not the Messiah. He's not the one coming. We still have another one coming. He doesn't meet our expectations. So Jesus was giving this parable to them to tell them, you know what? I, my father has invited you, and I have invited you, and you've not accepted our invitation. So, guess what? We're taking the gospel. We're taking the good news beyond the Jewish community. It's going to the Gentiles, it's going to the lame. They considered the Gentiles to be poor, crippled, blind, and lame. And God said, That's where I'm taking my gospel. You were selected, you were invited. But you didn't accept. And now it's going out further. And not only that, verse 24, man, was a kick in the teeth. Because what did the master say? He said, I tell you that none of those men who were invited, what? Are going to taste of my dinner. And what he was saying to the Pharisees, you know what? None of you are going to even get to heaven. You're talking about eating with the righteous, you're not going to even be at the table. Because you've rejected the invitation. So that's where we end. But I want you to consider this parable with your own with our own lives. Have we accepted the invitation that God has given us? God sent us a formal invitation. Where is the formal invitation that God has sent us? Where is it? To written in his word. Invitation. Romans 10 verse 9 and 10, turn to it. Romans 10 verse 9 and 10, formal invitation. Romans 10, and this is one of many formal invitations that he gives us. <coughs> Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. What does it say? Somebody read it for me. Romans not 10, a, 9, go ahead. And not only this, but there was a No, Romans 10. Oh, oh. Ten, nine and ten. I've got it. Nine and ten? Yes. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and you are saved. So how do we get righteousness? How are we invited to be righteous? It says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be what? I don't hear anybody. You will be what? For with the heart a person believes resulting in what? Righteousness. Mm -hmm. And with the mouth you confess resulting in what? Salvation. Salvation. Mm -hmm. Okay? It says, for the scripture says, whoever believes in him Will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Amen. So you all got the invitation. <laughs> You can't say I didn't receive the invitation. We all have the invitation, right? It's in black and white. Now it's up to us to do what? Respond to the invitation. What's your RSVP? Yes. (laughs) Because if you haven't responded, you're in the same category as the Pharisees. The invitation is made, and you are not accepted the invitation. But on top of that, Formal invitation. God gives you a personal invitation. He's giving you a personal invitation right now. I'm giving everybody here a personal invitation. Amen. Amen. So God gives each of us a formal invitation and a personal invitation. And when we reject that, then God says, "What? Well, you're not going to taste on my dinner. You're not going to be with me in the kingdom of God because I've given you the invitation and you haven't responded." Amen. Amen. I hope everybody here has responded to the invitation. In Revelation three twenty, Jesus says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come into him." Let's turn that because I, I, I hate to just quote it off the top. Revelation three verse twenty. It talks about. Uh, Revelation 3.20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, what? What will he do? I will come come in to him him and and what? And will dine with him and he with me. Is that a meal invitation? Yes, I love those, yes. (laughs) But Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Who has the door handle?'" We do. Mm -hmm. You have to open the door. And he's going to come in. Open the door and he will come in. Accept the invitation. And he will dine with you. He will be with you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to share your word uh, this morning. We thank you so much, Lord, that you've given us two invitations. You've given us the invitation in your word. And you've given us each a personal invitation to come to you. I pray that no one here is sitting here lost. That no one here is sitting here and has not asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. And has not confessed with their mouth that they believe that Jesus is Lord. I pray for each person here. Lord, Crescent is a great church. It's a wonderful church with wonderful people, Lord. But there still can be lost people here in Crescent. And we lift everyone up before you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.